Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor, board certified counselor, and certified clinical trauma professional. Today on Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast, we're going to be talking about style and self-expression with two counselors and therapists who are experts in this area. But before I introduce them, I want to remind you to please go to Instagram and follow me there at Through the Eyes of a Therapist. And if you wish to see me make a little bit of an ass of myself on TikTok, please go to Through the Eyes of a Therapist, EYZ, Through the Eyes of a Therapist on TikTok and go there. If you are enjoying the podcast, also please don't forget to go to my Patreon page where you can pledge two, three, four, up to $10 a month. And let's go ahead and get started. I'd like to reintroduce you to Luis Cornejo. And he has been on the podcast before. How are you today, Luis? I'm doing good. Excited to be back. I know it's been a while, actually, uh, since we last spoke on the podcast. So I'm excited to dive into this topic today. Yes, he's been on the podcast a couple times before. And so I'm just going to ask him to briefly reintroduce himself before we talk to our other guest. Tell us about yourself, Luis. What you been up to? Yeah, so my name is Luis Cornejo. For those of you who maybe haven't heard my episode or haven't heard of me, uh, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and also a certified sex therapist. I'm also a model, a speaker, and I host my own podcast, Queer Magic. Uh, and that's pretty much what I've been up to lately. I think the last time we spoke, I had not actually gotten into modeling or fashion yet. I was still trying to really explore and find myself in a lot of ways. And I know that this podcast has been a really wonderful platform where I've had a lot of conversations around inspirations and uh, things that have really moved me uh, in my journey. And so I'm back and uh, I've been focusing a lot more on these other passions of mine uh, aside from mental health uh, and at the same time finding correlation between them. Uh, you know, being able to really showcase uh, my background as a therapist into fashion, beauty, and uh, modeling, uh, and also now the podcast that I host where I get to talk to queer folks in the community about their stories and things that inspire them. Uh, so a lot of different projects, a lot of different things I'm working on. Um, so just really excited to be here to talk about some of these things. Yay, thank you so much. Man, you, you're a busy bee. And also... I don't think the last time we met for the Britney episode, I think it was, you weren't a certified sex therapist yet. I wasn't. No, this happened this year around my birthday in June. Uh, I had been doing the program and then uh, the certification process. It was about two years, um, which was like literally actually going from the first day to getting certified, you know, not like any breaks in between. So it took me a while. Uh, it was a really long process, uh, but I got certified in June, uh, right? Literally a week before my birthday. So it was like a birthday gift to myself, just putting all that behind and not having to deal with it. Uh, but yes, I've been a certified sex therapist now for a few months. Um, and I was doing the work before that, but now I have that title I've been utilizing a lot more. So I definitely like to throw it in, you know, in and out there just so folks know, um, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to honor and celebrate, especially the time and commitment and energy and money that we put into things. And uh, sex therapy oh, was always, yeah, sex therapy was something that just called to me. And I, I definitely have been utilizing it a lot in my uh, modeling and uh, and work uh, in, in fashion as well. And like, you know, really talking about our body, self-expression, gender, uh, and dismantling all of these oppressive, you know, narratives. So. Yeah, thank you for, yeah. for mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. It has been so cool to see you on your journey. Uh, I remember the first time you're on the podcast, I think you were an LMFT associate. And the second time it was like LMFT. And then like now you're adding all these cool credentials. And now you're modeling and now you're doing all these yeah. things. So it's like <laughs> awesome to see you grow. It's like amazing. Um, and thank you again for coming back onto the podcast. So always so cool to have you on. And now I want to introduce all of you to Eloy Castro. If you want to talk to us a little bit about yourself, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I guess, well, let me just say real quick before you talk. <laughs> <laughs> I've known Eloy uh, since technically, I think we went to the same high school. We did. Right? <laughs> and I don't think we had realized that until yeah. like, or I hadn't realized that until I had 
talk to you at New Mexico State University. Yeah. And so we have like this weird sort of like par parallel history, but like we had never really bumped into each other. And then we had also gone to un the University of Texas at El Paso together at the same time-ish. And we even were on the same poster, right? Like for our honors thesis. Um, it, it's just wild. So anyways, go ahead. And that's just a little history. We graduated from the same master's program, but in different years or different times. But anyway, it's so cool to have you on the podcast. But go ahead and tell us about yourself and what you've been up to, Eloy. Yeah, well, thank you, Crystal, for, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And it's so nice to finally meet you. And yeah, it, we go way back <laughs> and uh, we met, I, I knew that we went to high school together, but not until, you're correct, we were at UTEP, University of Texas El Paso, when we presented our honors thesis and then we were like, what high school did you go to? And then just ended up kind of finding that out in that moment. Um, and then we did that, the same master's program at New Mexico State University, which um, I think that's when we kind of formed our friendship and have stayed in touch over the years. Um, but yeah, I um, started my um, career as a mental health counselor. Um, and I did that primarily um, in schools. So I worked with kids K through 12. Um, initially, I started um, working with domestic violence and sexual assault victims, and then just kind of transitioned into schools. I found my way in into uh, public schools and did that for about 14 years. Um, and during that time, I kind of moved into different leadership roles and kind of left direct service a little bit, but was still kind of involved in that work. Um, and then, yeah, I think um, at the onset of the pandemic, I was living by myself in Denver. Um, and I think as all of us had a lot of time to reflect and think about <laughs> what we're doing with our lives, what we want to do with our lives, right? And um, I had this moment where I was just like, you know, I think I've kind of hit a wall and I want to explore what else I'd like to do. And I always loved fashion and design, um, whether it was just kind of binge watching anything on HGTV or Project Runway and then just kind of buying fashion magazines and obsessing over designers and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I just started studying online and trying to figure out how I could transition into a different career. And I figured there was a way I could kind of merge the things that I love doing the most, which is number one, helping people, um, which is why I got into counseling. And then uh, fashion and design, being creative. And so I I found a way to kind of help people because I think those things are correlated. And mental health, I think, really impacts the way we present ourselves to the world and the spaces that we live in, the spaces we inhabit. And so I found kind of a uh, a way to to merge all those things and and build a career. So I moved to San Francisco a year and a half ago to start my business um, here and kind of did a full transition life career city. So yeah, that's kind of how I how I got here. That is so cool. I mean, also really um, brave and risk like high risk. I feel like almost saying that like I I'm a risk taker. I'm I'm an entrepreneur and I am not risk averse at all. So I totally get why you would do that because I think as a creative person as well, I have to feed that side of myself, which gets me into my first question and I'm glad that you started talking about your journey. Can you all tell me maybe the both of you, I don't know if your journeys are similar and I kind of see like Luis um, nodding his head at the same time, like as you're describing your journey, like how these two worlds of counseling and self-expression or style and maybe modeling for you, Luis, have mixed together. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what you all think of that and how maybe self-expression and counseling mixed together for you? Yeah, you know, I think for me, it's definitely been quite a journey because I can think back to childhood uh, and really having a big interest in um, dressing 
things, right? Or just like fashion. Uh, I remember my favorite thing to do was going to my cousins who were all girls and they would love playing with their dolls. And for me, it wasn't so much playing with the dolls as it was really decorating and dressing them that I remember mm-hmm. making outfits for them out of toilet paper or cloth and then showing them to my cousins and they would like love it, you know, like, oh my gosh, like they look so beautiful, you know, making these really extravagant uh, little outfits for these dolls. Uh, and I grew up in a very religious conservative home. And I know I've shared this before in, in one of the episodes you and I spoke in. Mm-hmm. And so that wasn't really something that was welcomed. And for a long time, um, I felt like a lot of my creativity was stunted because it, it wasn't something that was appreciated. Uh, and so I didn't really engage in it directly in the, in the way that I wanted. And what I mean by that was that for a long time, I wanted to be a fashion designer. That was like a dream of mine. You know, like I want to design elaborate couture, like big outfits. And it was just not something that was accepted. Uh, And so, you know, I went the route of going to college, going uh, into initially a bio major, and then going through a whole ordeal of like not really knowing myself or knowing what I wanted to do. Uh, But I ended up in the child development program. And I think in that that program really was... I think it was fitting at that time because there were so many things in my own childhood that I was not able to explain or really process that when I started that major, it all made sense to me. I was like, oh my gosh, like this affects your child, you know, affects you as a child, this, this as well, your family, intergenerational trauma, politics, financial, you know, all of these things. And I got really fascinated by it. And I ended up, you know, doing that, became a teacher, loved it, and then went into a master's program, became a therapist. And even as a therapist, um, I loved the work. And that was always something uh, very similar to Eloy, uh, wanting to help others. But I think what was happening for me was that the mental health field was so inundated with these very unrealistic uh, approaches to how we see people and also how we treat human beings that it it just felt very disheartening to me. And I also felt like I myself was becoming a product of it, right? Like feeling like I couldn't really express myself, like I had to talk a certain way, show up a certain way. Uh, And being someone that has been creative in many different ways throughout their life, I realized that I wasn't happy. And Three years ago, uh, very similar, the pandemic happened, you know, we all had time to think about things and all that. And uh, I think for me at that moment, it was like, you know what, I'm not happy at my job. I was working at Kaiser at that time, you know, making six figures. I worked in a really nice office. I had, you know, great health benefits, all these things, but I was not happy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I felt very constricted. I felt like I wasn't able to be myself. And so I took a leap. Um, which was not something that we were ever taught to do, right? I know you were saying about being a risk taker. My family was like, nope, safety, safety, safety. You got to have mm-hmm. security. And so even they were questioning mm-hmm. when I decided to leave that job. Uh, but I did it anyway. I started my own practice. And the first thing I told myself was, look, if you're going to do this, you're going to show up as yourself. Like you cannot be this person that you have been playing for the last, like, I don't know, five years since you started uh, Mm. working in the mental health field. And so the first thing I did was I started my practice. I thought of a vision. I wanted to show up as myself. And so it was really a healing process for me at the same time as I was creating this business, because I started to really question a lot of things that I had learned and realizing as a queer person that I had really held myself back in terms of the way that I I showed up, that I expressed myself, uh, that I saw myself. And so during that time, I also thought, well, maybe this is a good time to start really getting to know yourself. So I started playing with makeup. I remember talking to my partner and asking him, do you think I could be a model one day? And he was like, yeah, why not? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's true. Why not? And I started exploring with clothing again. And it's so funny because I think for me, one thing I noticed was that it was never like one of those, like, I don't really enjoy clothing or fashion it was just so repressed in me that when I finally let it out I remember just finding so much joy and putting things together uh, and really creating looks that made me feel good and made me feel happy and I started to incorporate them into my business where I would show up a certain way my pictures looked a little bit different Um, I was being more myself and those I mean during even the last two years um, I think there's been a huge shift for me 
in terms of how I show up and how I present myself and really my identity, right? As someone who now identifies as genderqueer, I realized that this was something that I was always there for me, that I never really felt like I fit into the gender norms and the role that I was given. And I had to really dismantle and let go of that and work through a lot of shame and guilt and all of these other things. Um, so I was doing that in therapy, but also individually and modeling and fashion were actually two very pivotal things that uh, came at that time in my life uh, that even though they were there present, they didn't really, um, I didn't really embrace them until two years ago. Um, and honestly, I have to say that as soon as that happened, things started to unravel so quickly for me. I started to meet designers in different places. I started to talk to people who were in you know, the business of uh, fashion and beauty, connect with them. Uh, and coming in as a therapist was always funny because they would ask me like, oh, is this what you do? And I'm like, no, I'm actually a therapist, but I really want to model and I really want to be in, in this industry. And they'd be like, okay, like, great. And so I remember just getting opportunities here and there, whether it was like a photographer who was like, yeah, I would let I would totally love for you to model uh, for me or whether it was a designer who would say like well let's come up with some ideas like what are you thinking and me really letting my creative juices flow uh, and to me that really felt very fulfilling uh, because I didn't want to reinvent the wheel I was I didn't want to feel like I had to go back to school and become a fashion designer like I knew that I had a visual for it I knew that it was something that brought me joy uh, and I didn't want to have to restart anything I, I, I remember telling myself look you can be all of these things. You're a therapist. You can also model. You can also help design, uh, you know, have your ideas. Uh, and there's already so many folks out there who are doing this work. And so this is just an extension, right? Something to collaborate, build community, uh, to grow in. And so all of these things mixed together are really what helped me uh, move into where I am now, where a lot of my work, even in mental health, is revolved around self-expression, empowerment, uh, you know, the ability to find our identity and authenticity. Uh, and so that is the work I do. Right now, my practice is 100% queer and BIPOC folks, which I love. And uh, many of them are also in the industry, which is really awesome. So I work with designers, I work with models, I work with people in entertainment. Um, and so that's brought me a lot of joy to be able to also be uh, in an uh, almost like in the same space, right? And be able to talk about these things and see the joy in their faces and also for me getting inspired. Um, and so I love that that part of, of this uh, almost duality, right? That I think many times when we talk about therapy or mental health, we don't really include creativity, right? <laughs> like, or like fashion or beauty or any of those concepts. Um, but I think that to me, they've, they've become new tools uh, and also new ways to help support folks uh, and connect with them in this very uh, intimate and also very individual space, right? Around how we show up and how we want to be seen and also how we want to feel. Um, and so right now, in terms of, of that side, uh, I'm still learning, I think, at this point, how to really hold both of them, which uh, has been a little bit tricky uh, because, you know, I'm still a therapist, but I'm also still doing a lot of other projects. Um, you know, I'm supporting folks in apps who are creating uh, either like apps on, on uh, shopping or self-expression or helping fashion designers by consulting or, you know, things like that, or even um, doing my own photo shoots and, and being in magazines. I actually got published uh, for the first time doing an Alice in Wonderland thing photo shoot. I think it was a couple months ago. Uh, that was really exciting. Um, you know, and I have a lot of other things that I've, I'm working on right now, like hosting fashion shows um, and also just uh, continuing to collaborate with people who are already doing this work. And so for me, it's really, it's really been learning the intersection <laughs> between all of these things and, and just existing, right, as someone who wears multiple hats, but also you know, being human complex. And so I'm still learning a lot. I'm still very much uh, uh, new to a lot of this, um, but things have been moving rapidly. And I think that's that tells me that this was meant to be for me and I'm embracing it <laughs> as much as it feels overwhelming sometimes. Um, I'm definitely enjoying the process. Yeah, I think the thing that stands out for me from your really wonderful and authentic beautiful message from your story is that if you truly are in touch with yourself and you do the work, right, to get to the root of who you are and who you were meant to be, then things are going to fall into place. You're not really going to have to put so much effort into, like you said, like playing this part, 
right? And so I can also see how um, you have become so much more authentic. I think I remember waking up the other day. I know this this is a little bit weird, but I had woken up the other day and I got on Instagram right away because I'm just weird like that and I get on social media fast. And <laughs> I think most I of us do. This, <laughs> don't we all? I, don't, don't we, we all? all? Yeah, this is just kind of <laughs> the world now. And I came across this little like comic of like a butterfly, right? It describes something about how, um, you know, the the work is done in a cocoon, right? Mm -hmm. And then now the butterfly feels like he's self-fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me so much of you because <laughs> I think over time, like you, you kind of put a lot of stuff on Instagram, but I do feel like it's authentically you. Like when I talk to you and I yeah. see you on Instagram, I don't see a disconnect. So I feel yeah. like... When Luis posts on Instagram, it's you're not getting like two different versions. You're getting like Luis, you know. Um, it's so it's pretty cool to see like the evolution that has occurred over yeah. the past two years. I can even remember like the the headshot that you had sent me the very first time I interviewed you. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I I kind of want to put them like side to side almost, and like. Oh. You're like, please don't do that. Um, but no, like, no, no, no. It's so funny you say that because like I have folks who like sometimes I'm doing something for it and they'll send me like the image. They're like, oh, you know, I just want to confirm. Is this still your headshot? And I was like, oh my gosh, no. And like, I no, change that like, immediately. And I'm always laughing yeah. because I'm also learning to love myself, you know, in every version that has been because that version of me was this like survival. Like, you know, I had to really just exist in this way. And then seeing this version now brings me so much joy because I do see a contrast. And at the same time, it's still me, you know, it was it was me in a very different place. And so uh, I do remember you sending me that image and um, I actually got very teary eyed because I kept thinking a lot about how um, transformation, right? I mean, it, it requires so much energy and work and uh, it's not just beautiful and pleasant, right? I mean, it's something that we often don't see. And so I think that's why that's such a beautiful visual that you're sharing, like seeing these two versions of me, um, you know, and how I, I've existed, because I think the quote that actually was part of the image was butterflies can't see their own wings, uh, something like that, that, the one that yes. you sent me. And I was just like, you know what, that is so true. Like, that is how I feel about so many folks that I work with, that oftentimes it's not about um, making these wings, it's that they don't see them, right? Because for whatever reason, we've been conditioned not to, or to, or, or even like the current beauty um, and, and fashion industries are don't really, are not very welcoming or loving, and they're still very much rooted in Eurocentric, you know, perspectives of how we're supposed to look and exist. I mean, so there's a lot, right, socially that impacts um, our, our ability to see ourselves. And so that image was actually very powerful. And, and I loved it. I sent it to my partner uh, when mm -hmm. you sent it to me. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's such a beautiful way of seeing it. Yeah, because I, I was thinking, like, I bet that this is part of something that he's gone through where, like, in the transformation of becoming closer to the version that he is now, where maybe he wasn't able to see his wings, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. I don't know. We saw them, though, you know, because they're there. Like, we, the third party view, right, like, can see them. <laughs> but anyways, let's not cry. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, we can on the pod. It's fine. But... Oh, why not? Let's just all cry. Um, but also, I do that. I make jokes when I cry. Anyway, that's just a, that's a whole other story. My therapist pointed that out to me one time, and I was like, I need to stop that. Um, but yeah, I think that um, what had inspired me to create this topic for this podcast was um how. I was talking to some clients, and we were we were talking about like tattoos and talking about like. Uh, fashion and they were noticing that I would like change my glasses sometimes because I do virtual visits a lot and things like that and um, I teach at the university level and some people were asking about how um, is it okay for us to like dress a certain way and I have purple hair I have it tied back right now but um, 
I remember even my graduate school program, they were like, don't, you can't have different colored hair and all this stuff. And the next day I was like, I'm going to go paint my hair red. I don't know if you remember this, Eli, but I yeah, colored I my do. front, <laughs> the front pieces of my hair red, like on purpose, because I'm a rebel. I'm rebel scum. So <laughs> I went and did it on purpose um, because that's just how I am. You tell me not to do something, I do the opposite. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, so it was just like kind of on my radar and I was like, I need to like talk to people who like know about self-expression and something that um I know that Eloy I had hired Eloy a couple of uh, actually a year ago I'm not not a couple months ago but like a year ago to do some styling for me because I have a little bit of a block there for like an eyeball for like styling things and like uh, interior design and like dress it's just not something that I did like for you know how you're saying Luis like you would like dress your dolls and things like that I just I didn't like that's just not something I did I would play with other things like I'm trying to think of what I would I would play with stuffed animals but I wouldn't dress them it was more like I'd like they would have conversations and like I would <laughs> interview them though right there even that it way, is right? self-expression yeah, <laughs> they would dialogue yeah um and we would eat food and like stuff like that but it was never about like decorating them or like you know what I mean it was just very different so anyways Long story short, I hired Eloy to help me style myself for a reality show that I was on last year mm -hmm. uh, about entrepreneurship. And I was like, I don't want to look like crap. <laughs> Please help me. I don't want to wear the wrong patterns and look like an idiot on camera. So anyway, this is just how I was like, I need to talk to Eloy on this podcast because I know that he has stuff to say about this. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey to Eloy and like how you mm -hmm. feel about self-expression and counseling and how they tie together for you first of all Luis, congrats on just this journey and i know it's a lot of hard work but i always just love people like fulfilling their purpose and and taking a leap and a chance on themselves and so i love hearing those stories but for me i like it there's a lot of similarities in, in what you were saying i was like yes i agree with that yes that was part of my journey um and yeah, I think I, as a young kid, I was always like a big dreamer and I loved, um, again, things that I think in our culture as a Latino and as a queer kid, like they weren't acceptable, right? Uh, there were things I wasn't supposed to like or that didn't feel safe for me to like or express. Um, and so I think as a little kid, I was just more wild and out there and I loved uh, to play around with clothes and design and um but I think society, my culture over time just kind of chipped away at my self-confidence and my ability to express myself. And so over time, I started creating this person, right, that was not me um, as a form of protecting myself from, from the world that was attacking me, uh, like on a daily basis, you know, just being bullied at school, um, bullied by family members, <laughs> unfortunately, and feeling like I could just couldn't be myself. And so it got to a place where I think, as a lot of queer people, we kind of lose ourselves in that person that we create. And then it's our job um, as adults to find ourselves again and undo that damage that was done to us, um, which is a hard ass journey. <laughs> but um, when you do the work um, and you get there, you realize, okay, that was worth it. Um, and so I think I, I also got to a place where I think when I was in college, I had this idea of like what success was, what I wanted to be. And I, I remember having a conversation with the school high school counselor um, that, you know, I said, I wanted to be a fashion designer. I want to work in design. And she told me, let's do something that maybe is a little bit safer um, that you might be able to do because you're going to need a paycheck. And so I thought, oh, okay. And so I started getting those messages that I wasn't able to take those risks. I, I shouldn't be creative. I shouldn't try to dream too big, right? And so I chose, well, I'd like to help people. And so I'm going to be a counselor, which I still loved and enjoyed. I loved working with kids. I had, um, I think I, I grew a lot. I learned a lot about myself. Um, but then I think because I was missing that creative part of myself, um, 
it, w- it was hard for me to come to terms with because then I hit all the goals that I had. You know, I checked all the boxes. I said, I got the job. I live in this nice place. I've done all these things and I'm still unhappy. So what's going on there, right? And so I think it's been also a journey of me trying to undo those things and take off that mask almost of, of who I created to to feel safe and seen and actually just be like, I'm going to say, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just going to be myself and, and do what I want to do. Um, and so it was a huge risk. And similar to you, Luis, I, I had it all pretty much, right? Quote, unquote. Um, and I, at the moment where I had it all, I said, I don't, I'd rather be happy than have all these things. And I took the biggest risk of my life. It's been hard as hell, but I think I don't regret it at all um, because I've, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I feel like I don't have to pretend to be somebody I'm not. Um, and I believe in the work that I'm doing because that's, that's a part of my journey, but I am also trying to help others do the same for themselves. Um, and so when, when you reached out to me, Crystal, to, to work with me, I think like my, I don't approach my work as like, you don't, I need to change who you are or I need to change your style. I think it's like tapping into who you are at your core and bringing out those beautiful parts of you so that you can share those gifts with the world. And so for me, I'm like, I'm not much like therapy, right? We're not coming into a session with a client or anybody that we're working with trying to do things for them or change them. It's like, Mm -hmm. you have all the answers. How do we help you bring that out in you so that you become a more confident person, um, a person that expresses who they are and and the beautiful things about them uh, without inhibitions. And so, yeah, it's been a healing journey for for myself too. I I don't regret having gone into counseling because I think Maybe had I gone into a creative field early on in my career, I wouldn't be where I am now. I think I was meant to kind of go through those motions and and really understand myself more and heal a lot of the trauma that I had experienced um, or, over the course of my life so that I can then find a way to creatively express myself through my work and and also bring in all those beautiful things that I learned through through being a, a mental health counselor. And so, I don't know, I, I, I have to pinch myself sometimes to be like, I can't even believe this is my life now because I always, when I was little, I always dreamed this big and it just felt like this really far away thing that I could never do being a, a queer Latino Mexican person that I just thought like, how the heck am I going to achieve this? Uh, and so when I see my life now, I think, wow, like I, I always envisioned this for myself and I can't believe it's actually happening. And so um, my goal is just to try to help others do the same for themselves in, in little ways, in big ways, uh, in, in just any way I can. So. Yeah. You know, I think what stands out for me about your story, and thank you for sharing it, because I think that we've, I know that Luis and I have talked about this before on the podcast, and I think we've probably had this discussion in real life. Not that this isn't real life, but, you know, in our (laughs) private life (laughs) off the podcast is that, like, the counseling profession changes you. So I think um, you maybe going this way on your journey, like becoming a counselor, then doing this part of your career, um, mm-hmm. like doing it in this, this chapter succession. Right. Um, yeah. not that it was supposed to happen this way, but it's kind it kind of reminds me of how like we can't take our clients where we haven't been almost mm-hmm. kind of situation. Yeah. So it's like, if one of your goals is to have your client, see the beauty in themselves, right? And you have been through that journey, right? Like I was able to like heal and like see the beauty in myself. I was able to do that and I took the hard road. Like I have, I'm now able to teach you that skill, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe there's something to that part of it. I don't know, that's just me making- 
It's yeah. almost like being human and actually being yourself helps you help other people, right? It's such an yeah. like, interesting thing because yeah. I remember grad school most literally spending so much time on learning how to not be myself, right? Even the way mm-hmm. that I was supposed to show up and what I was supposed to say and not say that as soon as I went through this journey, I've actually become a better therapist, you know? And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that just in terms of like me in my head, the people mm-hmm. I work with, the clients, the feedback, the, you know, the messages I'm getting, the uh, opportunities that are coming up. And it's because I'm actually allowing myself to be me, even in this mm-hmm. field where you're constantly told that that's not okay, right? Because right. you're supposed to be this like blank slate. You're supposed to be almost this like, person personality less person whatever the, the word is uh, <laughs> yeah. right. and, and you know and so i think that that is definitely uh very very much opposed to a lot of the values that i hold now as a queer person and even in, in the concept of queerness right of just existing and being a person and not falling into these binaries or very specific power kind of differentials that happen um and it makes a huge difference and you know crystal i know you and i we have talked about this uh over time and 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 i think that was what i really loved about your podcast to begin with was that it was really about understanding us outside of like you know being therapists but actually like we're human we're seeing something we're engaging in connection we're engaging in this healing process right and it's not as simple as you know this theory or that or you know, whatever. Um, and so I think it's so beautiful to hear, you know, Eloy and you also talk about how this has been a journey, queer or not, or even coming into like a different, whatever, you know, creativity outlet, but but just really learning to be human. And I think it says a, a lot about like authenticity, right? Like, I think that's at the core of all this thing. Mm. When you're truly authentic, people feel that, people mm. respond to that. Um, and if there's something I learned about working with kids is that they can see through the bullshit, right? Oh, yeah, and for sure. They're the first ones, like, if you are not, I could tell the difference between, like, school staff, where I would walk into a school, and the people that were struggling with connecting with kids and the people that were successful. And if you were your true authentic self, kids would respond to that and kids would mm-hmm. listen to you. And when you weren't, that's when you ran into issues. And so... I think that's true for just working with people in general, regardless of what industry you work in, um, coworkers, clients, whatever that may be. Like when you're a true authentic self, you build that relationship, that connection, which I think is at the core of doing great work, regardless of what you do. Um, yes. And so, yeah, I think it's a part of us, like right, right, doing that work to be our true authentic selves. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I was just as you were saying that I kept thinking about because I worked as a teacher. And so I worked with kids, Mm. too. And it was it was one of my favorite uh, parts Mm -hmm. of my career because I got to learn so much about uh, development. But I think what was the most helpful was that it was applicable when I moved on to working with just adults, because a lot of the work that I do is inner child work as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's because it's going back and tapping into this part of ourselves that was very raw and was very much about self-expression and play and joy and connecting and learning that we kind of give up as we become adults because socially, right, we're expected to act and and show up a certain way. And so a lot of my work, even with self-expression, I usually go talk to clients like, what do you remember when you were a kid? Was there anything you like, like a pattern, a color, like something that made you happy and brought joy? And then their homework is to like include that into something that they're doing now or even like their clothing. Um, And so I do a lot of that, a lot of visuals with clothing and fashion because honestly, we dress up every day. I mean, we have to wear clothes, right? I mean, for the most part, might as well use it as a tool and find some joy and some way of of making it uh, connect to you. And so I always tell folks, like, even a little something, you know, for me, it's wearing the color red, you know, I'll wear something that just has red in it because it makes me feel good. And it reminds me of my childhood and that was my favorite color. And I wanted to be the Red Power Ranger and all these other things, you know, that just make me happy. And so I think um, when you do show up and you're just, you know, being a person, you're absolutely right, Elo. And, I, and I've seen this over and over, um, more so in the last two years since I've allowed myself to just be that people see me. And not, I'm not saying just see me because of what I'm wearing, but they actually see me as a person. And I've connected so much with people in, in a more intimate and so many different ways than I ever had before. Uh, and that's just by simply being myself and not having you know these expectations that I had on myself before. That reminded me, Luis, of uh, what RuPaul always says, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. 
And, and it is. We're all in drag every single day, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of it is just being like, are you being intentional with the drag that you're wearing? Are you really thinking about what you want to do? Or is it just like, I'm just going to put this thing on because I'm going to put this thing on. There's a way that you can do that. And you don't have to fit a mold. It's just being true to yourself. And yeah, absolutely. I love that quote. That's awesome. <laughs> because, you know, I think the other intersection or like parallel here is that like, you know how language really matters in therapy? Like you can really, I think everything has meaning, right? It makes me think of like how our existence, it's like existential, right? Like everything matters. And I think that, um, I don't know. It's just so cool to hear the both of your stories and how you're making a difference in clients' lives and in people's lives through your journeys, but through your work. Can you talk a little bit more about how you feel you're helping your clients or the people who come to you for your services become a little bit more congruent or closer to who they're supposed to be or express themselves or maybe more creative themselves? You know, that that's a really great question because I think for me, uh, moving into all of these different areas, and I will say uh, in a sum, I, I do consider myself an entertainer. And so top, aside from modeling, my, my uh, joy is really from making others feel inspired and just happy and you know just feeling good right and so a lot of what i do is very intentional and you know like i've shared i identify as gender queer so for me clothing is not about gender so i wear clothing across you know what you would consider uh women's clothing men's clothing you know unisex whatever like i i I really want to dismantle this idea that clothing is gendered, right? Because it's not. It, it really isn't. It's cloth. It's design. I mean, yeah, of course, some is going to be designed a certain way. But the point is that we can make clothing. We can make alterations. We can change things to fit us and our bodies. Um, and so a lot of my work, I, I, I think the way that I see myself helping is by being myself. And so I might walk out in a dress because I feel good in that. That's that speaks to me. You know, I I feel I like the way that I look. And I see folks who see me and might, you know, come up to me and ask me questions or say, oh my God, you look so great. Oh my gosh, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And to me, that brings me joy because I'm already helping dismantle this idea of how people are supposed to look and dress. Like um, on a systemic you know, level kind of thing. On a systemic level, yes. So I do that very intentionally in the work that I do. Um, not too long ago, I hosted my first fashion show at Urban Con, uh, which is a, a convention uh, where every it's all Latino, very much like, I guess, urban style, right? We got like makeup and pit bulls and lowriders. It's very much stuff that I grew up with that never made me feel welcome because I was never like masculine enough or ever really like, you know, hood enough or, you know, any of those things. And when I got asked for something like, yeah, I mean, just a lot of stuff that, you know, I grew up in, like cousins, my, you know, I'm from Inglewood. I mean, this was stuff I grew up with. I just never blended in. And so for me, when they first asked me, it was this anxiety inducing, like, oh my gosh, like, can I actually go there and be me? And like, you know, all these fears were coming up for me because of what I had experienced growing up and bullying and all these things. Um, I'm also someone who takes things as healing opportunities. And I remember telling myself, you know what, Luis, like, yes, it is terrifying. Yes, it is scary. And at the same time, you're being asked for a reason. And the people that are involved, you know, the folks that you're going to be working with, a lot of them are very much about inclusivity. And, you know, they, they're talking about safety. They're talking about all these things. This feels good. You know, it doesn't feel like something I'm being thrown into. So I agree to do it. And um, I shared a lot of this on, on my social media. My outfits were all from queer and BIPOC designers, One, uh, a couple that works here in L.A. and then another one in Mexico City. So they were all dresses. And they were beautiful. I mean, they were just like very, uh, you know, extravagant. I and, saw and, some um, of them on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> you know, and, and so those were the kinds of outfits that I was planning to wear. And I remember saying mm-hmm. to them, like, you know, like, this is how I'm going to dress because this is how I feel. This is the kind of clothes that I, I'm calls to me. And they loved it. They were like, oh, my gosh, yes, like those, they're amazing. Wear them, you know, what, whatever uh, you need. Just let us know. So I told them I need a makeup artist. And for me, it's been really interesting because I, I think a lot of folks sometimes when they see me in these in this work, you know, as, and I like how Eloy was talking about, uh, <laughs> you know, RuPaul, because a lot of folks assume that I, I, I do drag, right? They're like, oh, you're a drag queen. And I tell them, 
you know, I would I would never take that that title as uh, you know because I know what drag is and how hard it is to actually be, do drag. And I am not a drag queen. I'm just someone who loves fashion. I'm just someone who really likes to, you know, dismantle these views that we need to be this or that or anything to just look how we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did have a makeup artist and my makeup artist that I work with, they've uh, kind of learned the way that I like my makeup to be done. And so we're always talking about how um, I want to incorporate so many different elements into the way that I look. And so it, it, it's funny because they're like, oh, you know, like I can make your face look like this, right? And they'll show me like uh, how they've done sh- makeup for drag queens. And I told them, well, you know, I feel like that wouldn't really be the way that I would do my makeup. And so this is kind of how I would like it. And so they've gotten so good at being like, you know what? Like, I love that you know what you like and how you want to look. And this is what we're going to do. And so they actually come over and we go over like a, a style. And then on the day they come in and like actually do my makeup. And one of the things I really appreciated is, is that I found so many people who don't question, right? They're not there to like tell me like, this is how you need to do it. This is, no, they're there to really help me fulfill and grow this like fantasy and this like expression and this um, story that I want to say. And so for that event, I remember I told them I want to look like almost like Aztec, like like lines on my face. And I want mm-hmm. to have, but also still have very like chola feminine, like, like qualities to the lips, right? Like that was kind of how I was envisioning <laughs> it. They came in did all of it. I told them I want some sparkles. They put some bedazzles. And I went out there and as intimidating as it was and as anxiety inducing as it was, I honestly like had so many folks come up to me and just tell me how much they loved what I was wearing, how much they loved my makeup, how much they loved me being up on stage. Um, And it meant a lot to me because that's not what I got, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I I was often teased and bullied for my mannerisms, for the way that I expressed myself. Um, One of the things that I I think, I'm not even sure if I shared on the podcast before, but one of the names that people would call me when they would bully me was Juanga, which was so funny because I didn't know who Juan Gabriel was when I was growing up, but people (laughs) would, would tell me, oh, that they would call me that. And the last few years, I spent so much time really embracing and almost like taking back a lot of these names. And I've right. done two things with them. One, I, I, I came out and the, uh, I was a model for Joteria, which is a game that's based in San Francisco. And I was El Maricon, <laughs> which that was the name I used to be called. And I embraced it. And I said, you know what? I am a Maricon. And I remember doing that photo shoot and just feeling so empowered because that word hurt me for so long. And I was like, I'm taking it back. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Juan Gabriel was like another reclaiming one. Also it. Reclaiming it. And Walter Mercado as well. And now I know that that is how I am. Like, I remember being so drawn to them for a reason, but always being so shamed and so at this event I was like you know what I'm gonna be like myself and I just remember being like extra and just being bigger than I ever saw myself you know and I think for me it was a little bit different because I I know how Eloy was sharing that um this was something you envisioned for yourself you know for me I never did I I didn't envision it I was actually terrified of what it could look like because I I was told so much that it wasn't good that I just bottled it up. And so showing up on that stage and being myself, this was like, oh my gosh, like this is what it could be. I could show up, be myself and inspire people and bring joy to people. Um, And I got a lot of great feedback. You know, I had people coming up to take pictures with me. I had people interviewing me. I had people asking me for my contact info because they wanted to work with me. I had people calling me afterwards. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, if I had listened to that voice again, that kept saying like, no, you need to like tone it down or be this, then this wouldn't have happened. And so for me, it's been like that constant reminder over and over of how this has been an opportunity for me. And so through that, I I know people see me and that's my goal is to inspire folks, you know? And so they see me and they're like, oh my gosh, like, I love how you look. And for me, it's not like dress like me, be like me. No, it's have, find joy in who you are and be yourself and show up for yourself in the ways that bring true to you. Um, you know, and with my clients in therapy, it's the same. I show up as myself and I'm very vulnerable, you know, with them when it needed, right? I, I don't like to pretend like I'm this like mysterious, like I have my shit together kind of person. I'm very honest with them. I'm like, of course I felt that way. Of course, you know, yeah, there's been moments like that for me. And that is what really connects me with my clients. And I would not have been able to do that if I hadn't really accepted myself as human and really let go of all of these like 
this armor, right, and these walls that had been built to protect me. Uh, and while they're still valid, because I still honor and respect them, right, they kept me safe, they're no longer applicable to my life now. Um, and so now I've been able to do other things like workshops, uh, self-expression workshops, where I have people come over and play dress up and do their makeup, and we do a little runway show. Uh, you know, I do my podcast where I invite people to come in and talk about queer joy and queer magic. And that's kind of what I've done my whole branding around is like queer magic, right? That we all are magical. Uh, and whether we identify as queer or not, queerness is not about sexuality or gender. It's really about, it's a philosophy around existence and being more than what we've been told we could be. And so for me, that's what I preach. It's queer magic. It's this ability to see yourself way beyond, uh, you know, these two binaries or limitations and instead to see yourself as someone that is magical. Uh, so that's how I, I guess I would say I try to inspire and help my clients. Yes, queer magic. I'm over here like snapping my fingers. Like, yes. <laughs> yes, queer magic. And, ta yes. and taking up space, right? <laughs> taking up space and not being afraid to do it. And I think that it there's that parallel again, right? Like if you if you hadn't done the work yourself, mm -hmm. then how are you able to inspire your clients or self-disclose when appropriate and say like, mm -hmm. of course there are these times where I have felt that way or inspire them in those moments mm -hmm. and say, this is where I have also felt discouraged, but you know, mm -hmm. in my story, this is how I overcame it or whatever. Or mm -hmm. if you're not yourself and you were, stoic tabla mm -hmm. rasa eurocentric buttoned up whatever mm -hmm. it is and which is what i try to push against um mm -hmm. in my teachings and in my podcast and i really want to show that i'm human and we're all human right is mm -hmm. that if we if we are doing that to our clients or in front of our clients how are we going to draw people into therapy how are we going to lead people to a place of healing and to their own authenticity if we can't be ourselves. I remember a professor in our program asking us, and I think, honestly, one of the professors, and I think um, you're going to know who this is, Eloy, <laughs> when I describe her. I'm not going to name her, but um, most of my core, all of my cohort were um, white people. Right. And so I was the only person of color in my cohort. And I think I've talked to you about this and I, um, to you both about this. And they were, they found a problem with this certain professor because the way that she taught was not very linear. Um, and I remember that when I first went to her class, one of the first questions that she asked us in her lecture was, and she would never bring out like the whiteboard or anything like that, or bring out a lecture or a PowerPoint or anything like that. She was just very like, she was a storyteller and mm -hmm. that's just how she would speak. Um, and the first question she asked us was, who are you? Do you know who you are? And I think people were frustrated with that, but it makes so much sense because if you don't know who you are as a counselor and you don't know who you are as a therapist or a healer, or a helper, and in these professions that you're both in, aside from being a therapist or a counselor, if you don't know who you are, how are you useful at all? <laughs> like, in addition to being a counselor, right? Like how, I don't, you know, so, and I think that's the point she was trying to get across is that if you're, not authentic, then how are you going to try to bring somebody to be their highest version of themselves as well? So anyway, that's what it reminds me of. And so that was just going through my head the whole time. But I don't know. I feel like there are so many also parallels between both of your stories. I feel like um, I know that everybody's creative journeys are very different, but I can see how... Um, both of them are very kind of like interrelated. Absolutely. And I think it's nice too, because it makes you feel less alone. Like I love listening to what Eloy is sharing right now, because I think for a long time, I felt like that was just me by myself, hiding these things and feeling shame. And then, you know, hearing uh, you share that your story, Eloy, and just talking about your own experience, like it, brings peace and think and solace for me too on this journey, knowing that, you know, I wasn't alone all those times, even though I did feel that way. And that there are other folks out there who are also going through their own journey. And yeah, of course we're gonna have individuality and, you know, and all these other things. But um 
I think it's nice when you know that you're also connected in some way. And I think that's very special. And I, like you were saying, right, how do we, if we don't know ourselves, if, if I would have heard Eloy like years ago, I probably would have been like, uh, you know, because yeah. I was still working through some of my own shame and and my own shit. And, you know, now it's like, no, yes, like I I understand that. I, I feel that, you know, I was in that space too, in some ways. And Crystal, going back to your question about you know, clients and like a lot of what you said resonated with me. Um, and what it made me think of is like, even though, and selfish plug on my business, which I haven't done that, Castro Designs, <laughs> where I do uh, personal yes, styling. Yes, Castro Designs, please. Yes. <laughs> and I do everything from interior decorating and design to personal styling. And so I can think of a couple of examples of clients and even though what I'm doing is design and styling at the core of it is just uh, building a relationship with people and, and having a strong bond and helping them through whatever it is. Right. And so I can think of like these two clients who've gone through a lot, a styling client and a design client. And like my styling client told me when we finished working together, she said, I just want to thank you for the, confidence that you've helped me find in myself again because I haven't had that um, in a long time and now I can feel like I can take on the world and she's a business owner and she feels like now she's like ready to go and 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 do more impactful things with her life and I'm working with another design client who has gone through a lot of challenges recently and um, the idea of being able to help them create a space where after having gone through such difficult things that they can feel like they're in a, a beautiful, comfortable space where they can find peace and serenity and, and safety and comfort to me, like fulfills me and, and makes me feel like this is why I do what I do. And this is what I want to help people accomplish through, through my work. Um, but at the, at the end of the day, it's about having that relationship and it's much like, therapy right like when you start talking to people about style and um their homes especially like with design you go through a lot of things that tap into trauma um challenges like things that bring up some real emotions and so again i think having had that training as a counselor is what has helped me in this profession in this business that i've built to be able to help people on that journey because it really does tap into um, a lot of challenges that people are still trying to work through really. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what this makes me think of is any time that I would watch a show, right again, cause this is like through the eyes of a therapist, right? So like anytime I would watch, do you remember that really toxic show? <laughs> The Biggest Loser and like Jillian Michaels and the other (laughs) trainer. And I thought if they were only therapists, if they were therapists, they could really help these people like work through their trauma, like not, you know, they would stop the yo-yo dieting. Like they would like really help, like probably whatever it is, get to the root of the problem and really help them get to a healthy place in their lives, both physically and mentally. right? Right. And then, like, I'd imagine with Luis, if you had your own show (laughs) about, like, helping people, like, work through whatever it is, adversity in their life and helping them, right? And then, like, team up with Eloy and then, like, also work with design and, like, you know what I mean? And then, like, there was a show and the both of your counselors and then, like, (laughs) right? You would help them get through the root of the problem and then they feel peace and they feel serenity in their homes and also in their bodies and in their lives and in their sex lives and it's like you know what i mean like there would be this whole like yeah anyway i just feel like if counselors ran the world but we also tapped into our talents right like because there's some some counselors who are really good at like public speaking or like policy making or whatever it is right so it's like man if we could just run the world i know but no (laughs) but anyways but no we don't anyways that's a whole other podcast (laughs) do you all have any resources or tips for people who might be listening to this podcast um who are creatives or counselors or counselor creatives who are kind of maybe feeling not fulfilled or they want to take a leap into a creative sort of space or business 
um, or want to integrate them? Um, and, you know, any words of advice for them? Yeah, first of all, listen to this episode. <laughs> right, just rewind. Right <laughs> Start there. Right here, right here. Uh, no, I think, uh, honestly, for me, what helped me the most was really tapping into my resources and my community as I was exploring this. Like I called my best friend and I was like, can you help me with makeup? And she went with me shopping and helped me pick out stuff. You know, my partner did as well. And we played around with these things, right? That was my intro into makeup and, and exploring this this part of my, my interest. Um, you know, the other one was fashion. I remember also asking and going with friends. So I didn't feel like I had to do this alone or even doing online and sending them links and they would help me uh, or even posting on social media sometimes, you know, like there are people that I followed that I really admired. Uh, and a lot of folks were actually really helpful and would respond. Um, so I would say like making, not assuming that you have to do this alone or that you have to know everything, but really giving yourself an opportunity to build on, um, you know, and build community, right? Because a lot of folks out there have already gone through this process or they are going through this process and they're more than willing to share. And that's something that I've found um, as I've allowed myself to be more okay with not having to know everything, but being open-hearted and coming in with an open mind uh, that people People will help. You know, they will share. Uh, I had folks who would send me, send me workshops. I had folks who would send me uh, courses online. You know, I think there was even some master classes. Someone actually got me a free one year on master classes to learn about fashion and to learn about, you know, stuff like that from like celebrities. And I thought that was so sweet and it was interesting. And I was able to learn some stuff around style and all of this stuff. Um, and so a lot of it was really through, like I said, community. There's a lot out there now that is up and coming. Um, I'm seeing it more and more now that I'm doing this work uh, where there's, there's groups that are trying to really create inclusivity uh, and build right on on allowing us to be ourselves and so there there's resources in that way right it's also um you know other things like a podcast i know that's kind of the goal of my podcast right now is really to help folks tap into these uh, the, this magic and also learn about uh things that impact the queer community um you know but like i said a lot of what i've learned has been through like close folks in my life and my chosen family and uh um just really trial and error and and uh connecting with other people and networking that's one thing that i learned too is like you don't have to know everything um which is i think like a, maybe something that was instilled in us at a young age that you have to you know you have to get the degree first to like know uh, how to yeah. do this one thing before you move it and if there's something i've learned is that we're all out here just faking it <laughs> for the most part and just trying to learn as we go and so being not, not being afraid of that unknown and that you don't know everything but you're going to learn and you're going to find out mm -hmm. and you're going to figure it out but that's also something that really helped me was just leaning into my support system my community and I think the hardest part was actually putting that idea out there because it's it requires this vulnerability where you're just going to say, all right, here's this thing. Now, it might be up for judgment, right, and criticism because a lot of times I held that back and I didn't want to share that because I thought people are going to think, who the heck is this guy trying to do design and styling where he's never done this before, right? And the first step was just telling my family and my friends. And so my parents were a huge support system, my siblings, my, my best friends are um, in my circle. And just telling them and talking about it started branching like these connections. Like, oh, I know this person. You should talk to this person. Oh, you should get a business coach. You should maybe go take this free business class um, at this nonprofit who, you know, supports primarily BIPOC folks. And so I took a class. And so one thing leads to another but it's just like getting rid of that fear and being vulnerable and just putting it out there and and trusting yourself right and and taking a chance on yourself and knowing that you're a talented gifted person and the world deserves to to see that um it's hard but um i think if there's any advice i can say is that um or give people is that when you take that risk uh, it, it pays off because you're you're trusting yourself and why wouldn't that work, right? So that's what I would say. Absolutely, like betting on yourself. Yeah. And also what's worse, like just never doing it, like staying miserable. Again, there I go with the existential stuff, but like then <laughs> yeah. regretting it on your deathbed, honestly. Yeah. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. especially as like a creative person, right? Like never letting that like flow from you. Like right. I can't mm -hmm. even imagine. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. 
So, Luis, Eloy, I really, really appreciate you both coming onto the podcast. Could you tell us before we end this episode where we can contact you and find you, your websites, your Instagrams and your social medias and all of that stuff? And I'll link it below in the description for everybody who wants to get into contact with you or anybody who wants to work with you. Yeah, I primarily use my website and uh, Instagram. So my website is uh, www.luis, L-U-I-S, and then dash cornejo, C-O-R-N-E-J-O.com. And then my Instagram uh, account is uh, at Luis uh, underscore uh, T-H-E-E underscore L-M-F-T. Yeah, same thing. I Thank use uh, my website and Instagram. Um, my website is castrodesigns-sf, as in San Francisco.com. And then my Instagram is similar. It's just castrodesigns underscore sf. Um, and so, yeah, you can find me there. Reach out to me. Schedule a cons- free consultation. Um, yeah. So thank you for, for having me. I'm so happy that we had this opportunity to chat. Yeah, thank you so much to both of you. And um, again, I've vetted i i I vetted and worked with both of these wonderful people and i can tell you that um they're both very genuine and loving and kind and put all of their heart and soul into their work and not only are they competent but talented and genuine people so um if you all want to work with them i'll link everything below you can also find their information on my instagram too And um, thank you for listening to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. And until next time, everybody, that was Eloy Castro and Luis Cornejo. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta. Thanks for listening to Through the Eyes of a Therapist.